So welcome to part two of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast with me, Bob Turner, interviewing John and Stephen on their Lakeland 50 adventures. And after I was sat there for about two and a half hours, who appears? Oh, <laughs> one of my questions I was going to ask you, and uh, did John, did you know that Stephen had uh, retired from the race? I prefer the term retired. It sounds a lot more grand than did not finish. Well, I had no idea because uh-huh. my, my my only means of communication, my phone, was turned off because I was I was concerned that my battery would run out and I was, I knew it was going to get dark with the GPX file was on the phone, so my phone was off. So it was just I come in, I, I sort of rallied coming into Kent Mere because I thought right that's over halfway, you know, and that's always a thing in my head. The the actual Lakeland Fifty is quite good and that you can you can split it up checkpoint and checkpoint and focus on that, but. But getting there, it was a bit like getting to the Hermitage on the River Tavy. It's over halfway now. You know, there's more behind me than there is to come. So I was that gave me a wee lift. And then I turned the corner and then I seen, what the what's, what's going on here? Stephen. Totally flummoxed me, man. You know? I was sat there coca up and they had like montane deck chairs. They were really, really smart. Really, they were really setup. cool. It was. It was like a. I think the the. I forget his name. I, I know. I wish I had his name. The lad who was sort of in charge of that checkpoint. I'm sure would be able to find it. But I believe. I think he worked for Montaigne, and he was he was a good crack, and he looked after us really well. And so did all the checkpoint staff at Kentmere. I must say. Well, I've um, seen that Jane Scotney was there as well. So I, she must have been involved there because she was tweeting for Kentmere. Yes, I, I only realised that in the aftermath. I didn't know that in, in advance. But yeah, there was there was a lad, Tom, he'd pulled out of the 100 at 82 miles because it's like 80, 81, 82 miles. And, um, and when I arrived, he was only in the DNF tent. Um, but by the time I left, there was another eight of us. And I, I don't know what the DNF rates were, but I believe they would have been higher than normal just because of the attrition with the heat. Uh, yeah. um, John, you knew at that point that Stephen had pulled out though. He tried to get he tried to get me to reinstate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I said just come with me. He's just like right, oh, your could, cracker back. You had these you had these coat on, Stephen his coat on to keep warm, eh? Because your your core drops after you stop. So he had his coat on. I never knew his tracker was off. I'm like we'll just walk it, come with me. You know? I'm thinking great, I've got company. So <laughs> um but no but uh, to be fair, by the time I got there, Stephen. You were like you are now. You'd rallied. You were back to normal. I think you'd hydrated yeah. um, and all that sort of stuff. I'll be honest, Bob. I think I was being I was being a bit of a pain in the arse. I was. Um, so I apologised to everybody else in that uh, tent thing because I would come in and see when you see folk that you love and your family, your pals, you get a lift, right? I wasn't expecting to see Stephen. I got a wee lift by coming in there, as I say, it's halfway. Not knowing that the trouble Stephen had been in, I got the the lift of seeing my pal, yeah. right? And and then I, when Stephen told me the story, so I feel a wee bit selfish for that, I must, ah. I must admit. I feel a bit selfish for that. I, I, I totally didn't care what was happening. And I think I actually let a couple of expletives out when I, was, when I, when I, when I greeted Stephen. Um, and then... What you did, yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, but then, 
my the next thing I did, I went and got a glass of flat coke and I came and sat down beside him and we had a bit of a crack. <laughs> we you did know? It was like a ten minute stand up comedian show. Ah, hey John. And and I but I think all these other guys are there in a bit of disrepair, eh? And Aye. I'm being the fucking court jester idiot that I do. <laughs> and I'm anyway, Stephen's view pals, I think I pissed them off. <laughs> but you know what? I I left that place knowing that Stephen was all right, knowing that he made the right decision. We spent five, ten minutes speaking about it. Right. Um twenty well there's another twenty minutes that could have been him quicker, eh? But I did at one point think about taking main tracker off and going, fuck it, I'll just sit here and on it. You know? Because um but Stephen talked me out of that. He talked me out of that. It was it was seconds. It was seconds. Stephen talked me out of that and then everything got it was the best checkpoint on the course, Kent Mir. Um, if you could if you're gonna stop anywhere, that's the place to do it. They had James Brown blaring out on the sound system. They had these smoothies, they had the best pasta. It was brilliant. So I, I had that 20 minutes there and I, I just got going again. But you know what? It, I can't talk about how I would have felt if it was different. I, would, I wouldn't have felt any better of a... No, I would have. I felt better having seen Stephen. Mm-hmm. But I never felt better having seen him that his race was over. Yeah. But I just felt better for seeing him. So that gave me a lift selfishly. Um, but yeah, as we've spoken about, he, he made the right decision. But I never knew until then. Who, also, who also didn't know was was my wife Fiona, who had spoken to at half past five. And um, the next time I was able to get in touch with her, it was near ten o'clock. Um, mm. So she had four and a half hours where she was, well, she wasn't able to locate me after speaking to me when I was in trouble, and she was up to Hydo. Um, she tried to contact the race organisers and unfortunately didn't get a um, much of a response. Understandably, they're busy, but maybe there's a protocol there. I don't know because there was no. Nice, I I even got to the stage where I was walking about trying to find a signal so to to get a phone call just to say, Ken, what I'm safe. She had the worst case scenarios running through her head that I you know fallen at the side of the trail and you know all these things. Um, so so apologies for that, Fiona and family for um for for putting you through that on Friday where I was then by then was just sitting here in the crack in the DNF then. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's how my race planned it. Good. No, it's planned. No, yeah. it's planned. But no, yeah, I think right. I think you both, uh, well, John, you did really well for for running it and completing it. And Stephen, you did well for making the right decision to pull out at the right time and entertaining the rest of the retirees. Yeah. I've already um, some post race questions. So post race. Yeah. John, maybe John will maybe be able to answer more of them, but there'll be some for you in here as well, I'm sure, Stephen. What was it like after the race when you finished? What was the atmosphere like? You finished at 17 hours. I think the winners were, what, done and dusted in eight hours or something like that. They'd probably flown home to Spain by the time I got in. But uh, no, I tell you, the atmosphere was buzzing. Uh-huh. When, you, when I came. Very busy when you finished them. Yeah, when I came back in, it was half five in the morning, something like that. I came in. You would have thought it was three o'clock in the afternoon when you came in. Um, the only other finish, well, you could probably go with the fling, the devil, the West Highland Way. There's a buzz there. But they generally do finish, well, the fling and the devil do finish that sort of afternoonish time. 
um, that marquee was like that. You get you get to the finish line, which is at the front door of the, the sort of entrance to the school. Somebody comes to greet you, and they walk you in. So when you walk into that finish, they walk you in on your own, and you get announced. And you know, I love a crowd, Bobby. So I'm like, fuck it, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it was really good. And what was brilliant was Carol McCardle that I ran in with, or we done the last bit with. She she was still, I think she was feeling good. And I said, she's going to run the last wee bit. We actually ended up running the last couple of miles. But when we got, I don't know, quarter of a mile away, I just pulled back a wee bit to give Carol her time and her pals were there. That was really nice. So everybody gets their wee bit. You get your photo taken. Then they offer you some food. Um, but I, I can't eat directly after that. So I thought, I'm going to go home, go home, go to the campsite, get myself... Towel. I'm going to go for a shower. I was going to go to my bed and walk it, which I would normally do. <laughs> I'd, also made, I'd also made the decision that I'm not going to my bed because it was so early in the morning. They'll be going to be getting up soon. So I went to get my towel. What the first thing I seen? Empty pizza carton. I thought, these fuckers have had pizza. <laughs> that was the first thing I seen when I opened the tent. They've had pizza. Opened the box. Didn't they left me a slice? Not a jot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for fucking all my energy at Kent here, you bastard. <laughs> so I went and got a shower and you got a bowl of chilli. And the lassie said to me, do you want rice? Do you want that? I says, listen, I'm going to make it easy for you. Just batter as much as you can in that bowl. Everything. Batter the whole lot in. So it was good though. It was the right thing. Really, really. So post-race event was absolutely brilliant. Really, really good. It was good because I, when I got back, we ended up having to get a taxi back from Kentmere to Coniston because the the DNF bus had been um, picking so many people up at other checkpoints. So they ended up phoning us a um, like a seven seater minibus taxi to get us back. So did you pay for that though, or did you have to pay for that? I think they paid for it. I certainly didn't pay for it. I'd done a runner. I'm used to doing runners with taxis, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the, the event organisers paid for it, realising that there'd been Tom, the lad that I spoke about doing the 100, he'd been sat there, you know, best part of five hours. And, you know, his body temperature was plummeting, his teeth were chittering, and I had to get him, get his blanket on and get him wrapped up and, and what have you. So that, and he, he kind of rallied eventually, too. But, um, when I got back, it must have been around about half 10, 11 o'clock that I got back to Coniston. So there was a good glut of 50 runners coming over the, the, the finish line. And the atmosphere in the tent, it was it was like a Saturday night in a sort of social club. <laughs> Do you know, we, we at one end of it open with runners coming through it. And, you know, every now and again, big, huge shouts and cheers and stuff like that. So luckily, I was I was able to see John, the other John come in. Um, at the end of his 50 miler um, yeah. and, and he was suitably emotional at what he'd achieved which was brilliant to see um, and I managed to, to grab him a pint of lager and I re- recovered remarkably enough myself by that point hey, a pint of lager hey! <laughs> so, so but it was and, and one thing that I wanted to say as well was um, Debbie Martin Kinsani came in at, at that point she just finished her hundred um, well say just finished she'd maybe been finished it by a couple of hours anyway by then but her and Marco came in um, and I had a good 10-15 minute chat with them and it really helped me 
right away. Do you know? Just just like looking how inspirational Debs is. But and then Marco just wanted to speak about running. Like to know just like any old running nothing to do with the weight 150 or anything like that and it, it really helped divert my mind so, uh, so, uh, so thank you them for that sorry, shout out to uh, Debs and Rachel Normand in the 100 they had cracking races and uh, the only other names I was kind of tracking was uh, Lorna you already mentioned she's a great race and Nick well. Duncan, who's not Scottish but lives in Scotland and she was second in the 50 so they did well, I know there's, there's probably a plethora of other runners that, uh, from Scotland or that I know that I was in it, but um, they were the ones that I was kind of tracking and watching overnight. They did brilliantly. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we met Nicola down there. Stephen had spent a bit of time with Nicola on the Friday. We were walking to the start of the 100 to watch it, and Stephen was speaking to Nicola, and she, she'd mentioned there that she'd done a recce, and it was hot, and to use water for the stream. So maybe I'm due her a wee bit of thank you. Maybe she maybe planted I. that seed for me. Maybe I should have been Yeah, she should get her on. Nicola was a like a two thirty three marathon or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. She'd probably be a good guess. A bit of a backstory, I think. Also got to say as well, we've had Debbie on a couple of times. Um I've texted her to come back. She's never back to me. Anyway, <laughs> um my if I can respect her anymore, I I do after the weekend to know what she went through and to perform at that level over that terrain and the conditions is just, it's almost superhuman, you know, um, brilliant. So to her and to Rachel and to all the hundred, the people, man, it's just a phenomenal effort. So yeah, I've got I've got a new level of respect for Debbie after that. It was, um, yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, no, it really helped me on, on this Saturday night. And there was a lad as well who is Lee Nicola, um, boy, who's a listener to the show, Ross Beveridge. Um, and he he done really well as well. And he found me in a wee bit of state of disrepair at Kentmere. And he, he really tried his best to make sure that I was making the right decision. So I wish I wanted to thank him for that too. Um, but I, 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 I yeah, seen, seen him on the Sunday as well. And I think we'd both agreed that it was the right decision at that point too. So yeah, and the other lad, Johnny Kilpatrick, I don't know if you know Johnny. Um, he, he did the 50, he's done the 100 before. I'd met Johnny doing the fling. Um, and Johnny had passed me around about just when I was starting to to suffer and I'd give me a few words of encouragement um, but I had a good chat with him afterwards as well just after he finished in like 10.40 or something which was a, a great effort considering the conditions so um, yeah plenty shout outs to the Scottish or, well Johnny's Irish too but the adopted Scots didn't they? Yeah mm. um, Okay brilliant Aye. So well, We're covering a lot of ground now We have covered a lot of ground uh, what was I going to ask you? So, what did you what did you think that, um, you know, did you get it right? This is to John probably. Did you get your race nutrition right? Did you get your hydration right? Did you get your kit right? Was it all? What would you What would you change if you had to do it again? I would. My my big answer to that is yes, apart from hydration. That's the only thing I felt I got wrong. Stevens mentioned about that four mile run about Dalmain. Tell you man, by the first corner I was like, okay, this is hot. And that grass you're running in, there's fucking divots in it and I'm thinking, I could do my ankle here and just get back on that bus. Seriously. So I had to th- I, I was reevaluating everything, probably even before the start because of the heat. So I thought, right, how are you going to manage this? Because I can Stephen's seen me 
in the heat at the London Marathon, man. Six miles in, I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. So I had to really eva- reevaluate that. And but the the big change, so I did. I I can become addicted to and obsessed with watching my pace per mile on my watch. So I was recording on my watch that ran out after 12 and a half hours. But um, out to Garmin if they uh, want to try and uh, sponsor this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's a watch that lasts longer than 12 hours and can have maps on them. Yeah, well, make it if it lasts 18 hours, that'd be brilliant. But um, what I did, I had my watch, it was recording, but I only had the time of day on it. So it was like 11.45 when we started, and I just left it on that. That's something that, that Stephen had. Stephen's noticed about me before, I do become obsessed with that mile per minute. So I thought, if I've got it on that, I'm going to end up just bursting myself early doors. I also turned my phone off. So that was all part of things that I changed that I would normally do. But the big thing was the hydration. And Stephen, and I I noted it at the time, I think it was on the Friday night we were speaking about, Stephen was going to be taking that extra soft flask. So you had 1,500 ml of water with him at all times. I'm running these 700. I had a 500 ml bottle, other bottle with me, that I could have used. But I thought, no, no, you can't make your day and you'll be fine. I paid the price for that at the top of Fusedale. But everything else, was, wasn't it about me, the preparation, I suppose, was okay. But how I managed it on the day for me was better. I was fine. I was eating, as I say, at the checkpoints. Only the only criticism I've got is there was no butter on the pieces, dry pieces. I've no time for that. Carry on, and there must be a reason for them why they do that. Um, but you put it in, and it's just like top and the roof and the bottom of your mouth. It just like dries up everything, you know. But um, that was good. The marshals, same story. Wherever you go, the marshals they're phenomenal. You know, the encouragement to do that for the length of time I was out was absolutely brilliant. Um, some of the food on offer was great. Pasta, chili, stews everywhere um, was really good. But I think I, I managed my day as best as I could. Um, it was a slow effort. I'm, but, hey, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely cool with that. Um, but, yeah, I think the one thing I would change is I would take that extra flask and get more water. But you know what? I think the previous years it's been pouring the rain, so that wouldn't have been an issue for people. So. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have, a, you'd have a new set of issues with it's pouring rain with chaffing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I, got, I got all hung wrong, it seemed. You've got a lot of things to take away, though, Stephen, actually. Yeah. You've, Got. Yeah, my kit was good. I was I was happy with my kit, and it was. Do you know what? I I changed up my my trainers for the first time for an ultra. Um, after my long association with Innovate, <coughs> <laughs> not. Um, I I tried Scots, and and they worked really good. If I'd never had knee foot issues and good rock play and everything like that, I think that was the those schwankers out there who are interested. The um, Scott. Canablu Ultra RCs that I used, um, and and they worked good. Um, but my hydration and nutrition was dreadfully wrong. And would you say you also went into the race with a couple of uh, concerns? You have, you've already mentioned a couple of things like sleep. 
nutrition, recce's. Did you, do you think you brought them into the races? Do you think that made any effect on your outcome? I don't think so. I mean, I start, I stood in the start line thinking, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. good here. I'm feeling good, and like, like, let's just run this. Well, I think, in retrospect, I went out too hard. At the time, I didn't think I went. I was going hard. I was running comfy, well within myself. But when I look back on it now, can I should have adjusted my, my effort levels at the start to to for, for the weather. I, I should have I should have um, pulled pulled it back a couple of notches, um, and maybe you know there was a there was a fair climb after about five six miles, um, and it's a climb that I'd normally run. Do you know, and I'm like, ah, well, I'm feeling all right. I'm running this. Do you know, I'm not walking it. Probably should have walked it. Yeah. You know, we, we things like that. Um, but no, I didn't. I, I didn't think I took my negatives into the race day. I knew <laughs> about them and I was aware of them, but I tried to use them as, you know, the fact that I've not been on on a recce. Oh well, that'll be good because it'll be new places, seeing a wee bit of an ex exploration. You know, yeah. so you don't know what's coming. Yeah. 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 I've learned a plenty, and I'm still learning plenty, as you can tell. Yeah. So come on then, this is it. What's next? What are you going to do next? What race is on next? I on 11th of September, I've got the Conic Canter. That's the that's the next thing I'm doing. So that's the West Highland Way race team. have got that going from yep. Mogai up and over Conic Hill. There's that whole thing again, so I must do something about that. I've got eight weeks or something to think about that. Um, didn't they bow Maha and then back to Mogai again? Um, back over Connick? No, no, no you, come down, you, you come down Connick, down at the Balmaha car park, through that to the sort of oak tree, and you take a left and you're back along the roadside. Yeah. And then there's a way, I'm, I'm not quite sure of it yet, I'll, I'll suss that out, um, back to Mogai. So I think it's... I'm going to say 38 miles. I think. I think it's 38 miles. So that that's what's next for me. What about yourself, Stephen? Yeah, I am flipping the switch to be a roadrunner for the next nine weeks because I've got the London Marathon on the 3rd of October. All going well if it if it goes ahead, which is actually a carried over place for 2019. So two and a half years after I was meant to run it, um, I'm going down to London to 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 give it a bash again and see if I can get things right <laughs> it shouldn't shouldn't be 25 degrees but shouldn't be that october you never know global warming um it That's may well it. be but I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that change up whereas i kind of lost the love for a bit of you know more fast road running to, to be honest over you know but I, i've got that back I, I quite like the fact that you try and be adaptable don't you run on roads run on trails run on hills you know like like all rounder, or no, all rounder, you know, be okay at them all. That, that's what yeah. I like to get a bit of variety. So, yeah, London Marathon, and I'm running it actually for spinal research. So, okay. uh, shout out for the, the charity there. Nine weeks on Sunday. Excellent. Yeah, so, um, hi. So, over, over to you two guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about regarding the Lakeland 50 race before we move on to sort of? Some nonsense, maybe. <laughs> There's a nah. couple of things I wanted to touch on just before I finished up the Wakeland stuff because we've already shouted out to you know, the marshals, the race organisers, and stuff like that. But sort of more personal to me was the I've got a, I've got a ton of 
really, really nice messages for people, both you know, my Strava comments, but you know, my Instagram inbox, my Twitter inbox, and my WhatsApp and things like that. And it's it, it's 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 really helped me. It's really helped me get over a wee bit of my personal disappointment for the weekend already. And um, I just wanted to to give everybody who's I, I would be I've missed somebody out if I started mentioning people. So I, I, I shout out because I felt like I've had like a big virtual hug from the ultra running community that I'm part of and that that that's felt kind of in fact it has felt good so that's been a, a big thing for me that I wanted to to part on and you know even on the Sunday morning you know I was chatting to Neil McNichol and you know I think he picked up on how I was feeling so you know he spent you know 10-15 minutes you know going into coaching mode almost with me and, mm-hmm. and that that's helped a lot so things like that it just makes me remember how special is this community that we're part of so that's yeah yeah can, can i just come in on the back of that as well um i got a lot of messages saying to me well done instantly followed up in the same sentence how's steven doing so there was loads of that as well that i haven't really shared with steven to be honest, because it was still, for what of a better term, raw, and on the on the Sunday morning. What I would say to folk is though, given what Stephen's just said, is did he ever doubt or hesitate about sending that message to somebody, because it can make a hell of a difference. So just type something up and just press send. You know, did he hesitate yeah. to do it? It means a hell of a lot. So I I also send my thanks to the people. You probably made Stephen's life a hell of a lot. Uh, warmer and loving over the course of the last few days. Um, Definitely. So, yeah, fair play to you. Well, he's are both uh, well Kent faces in the in the ultra running community. So I think yeah, that, that sort of caring and thoughtfulness that, that pervades the ultra running world has has shown its has shown itself. Which is great. Mm-hmm. It said it was brilliant at the weekend. There was a couple of people that we don't know at all came up and, and said hi to us because they, you know they, they're like I recognise you too. Um, ah, that was brilliant. And that was podcast, podcast listeners, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. What, what was the lad when we were sitting in the pub, John? Oh, I said I'd never remember his name. Craig Taylor, I'm going to call him. That's Craig it. Craig Taylor, I think, was his name. He came in, yep. big smile, and he spotted us, and uh, yeah. So we shared that. We only shared a few seconds, but it was nice. It was it lovely. Was. I'll get that recognition now once we come off here. Better oh. my newfound fame. You better, like, if you want to, you can start writing autograph photos of yourself. You carry them around <laughs> your back. <laughs> like, them out. like Neil Warnick. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> and then Stephen's mentioned Neil McNichol. We met Neil McNichol and he was getting mentioned. I think he coaches Connor from Top Out. Is that correct? Yeah, Stephen, Neil. Yep, yep. So there was that wee link. So we met Neil on the Friday night at the start as well, and then Stephen had a chat with him yeah, as yeah. well. So yeah, we met a few people. It was a lovely weekend. It was. Part for the obvious part for me, it was a lovely. Week. I was we, we were laughing on the in the car on the way down. Do you know, you used to go away for weekends with your mates, the stag do's and your your missus would be like that. Hey, go and enjoy yourself. Do you know it's like, and, and then yeah. you'd get back, and then you'd come back with a peace offer and a tow bar own for the airport or whatever. And, <laughs> and now you're kind of getting the same feeling. Now you're going away and run your ultra. Do <laughs> you know as if to say, "Ah, right, well, I'll see you when you're back." But I'm even care when you're back. Um, and you also used to go to, right, for, for me anyway, used to go to tea in the park and. Um, 
you know, have a weekend there on the on the bevy with your mates and stuff like that. And you'd be obsessing over the weather. You'd be like, come on, this sun. Come yeah. on, we want this sun. Same you were obsessing over the weather going, fuck off, sun. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a, a couple of wee takeaways. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, let's go into some uh, quick fire questions that I've got for you both. And I don't know if you do this or not, can't remember. Okay. So here we go. So it's your, it's your gig, Bob. Go uh, okay. I'm in charge this week, that's it. So John, what's your favourite beer? And actually, have you had one yet since you've finished? I have not. No, but my I, I, I'm happy to answer it. Just now, it's, I'm doing 0% stuff, but my favourite beer is the real original Stella Artois. Oof. <laughs> Stephen, um, I've got a, um, you know, I went into the craft beer wanker mode over the last eighteen months, so um, my tastes have become more varied. Um, obviously, we've got top out breweries, um, fine <laughs> stuff, and and if I could recommend their their Kivet IPA is delicious, um, but I've also recently got into my sours, which is. You know, kind of tangier um, beers and there's a brewery in Glasgow called Overtone and they've got a beer called Boogie Nights and it's um, it's amazing so yeah there's my two to touch both bases um, I'll put a one called The Cone that I really like it's quite a strong beer though I think it's about 10% or something I drank it when I was on the podcast with Connor and I was pissed by then. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting talking about fancy and hills and stuff. So. It was a fair bit of editing on that. And the most editing ever, Stephen Tom. I think it's based on Ben Lomond or something like that. Isn't it? It, is, it is. Yeah, yeah the cone. It's a West Coast. That's it. West Coast IPA. That's the one. Uh, okay, let's go into races. What what race is the top of the pile for both of you? What one would you want to do again, or which one do you have a real desire to do? For me, it's always going to be the West Island Way. I love the, I just, I just love it, and I love the fling, I love the devil, but the West Island Way race in its entirety is just a very special thing. Um, so that would always be, so yeah, that would be the top of my pile. I don't have any race I'd want to do more than the West Island Way. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because I tell her I was doing it once. But there you go. I think that's really cool. <laughs> but I take, it, I take it the Lakeland 50 then is not spurred you on to want to do the 100. Well, I never said that. Right. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I would, I, I feel, I personally feel I have a wee bit unfinished business with a 50, I think I could go back and enjoy. And that's probably because of that foot on the route thing that Stephen spoke about. You know, you know a bit more about it now. Mm-hmm. So I would like to go back and do that. The 50 at the weekend, the 100 at the weekend, I was thinking, well, there's no way you can do that. But you know what it's like. I can what I'm like. I'm a bit of a sadist. Mm-hmm. And I think ah, once in your life you could do that. So I wouldn't rule that out, Bob, that you might be back interviewing us. And I'm sitting here with 100 winners. No winners, 100 completers medal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, do you go back to the 150? What would be I, at the top of your pile as well? At the moment, the top of my pile feels like it, it's the late gone 50, um, you know, 2022, because that unfinished business feeling is so, so just there. Um, 
but if I step back and think about it, um, it'll probably be quite a boring answer actually, because West Highland Way race feels that it's written in my stars, so that is going to be conquered at some point, albeit you know down to ballots and stuff like that. But yeah, um, when it'll be, I'm not 100% sure, but it'll right. happen. Right. So you it'll could happen. end this November, possibly. Aye, yeah, but right away I'm starting to think, do you know, I'm doing West Island Ray races in June and want to smash a Lakeland 50 out in July, do you know? So, do you know, that, that, that's all to be, to be in the planner. That, but yeah, West Island Way race, um, as far as the sort of pinnacle of Scottish ultra running for me. Um, and I don't, I don't, John, is there anything you want to do abroad? Have you ever looked at Anne and thought, I'd do anything, man. And if we're going abroad all day, and you're going for it. Just give me a shout, I'm in. Right, I will do. I'll get you a gold uh, ticket, Western States. Nothing, <laughs> mental. I must admit, I've done a few. I've done a few marathons abroad, and I've really, I've really enjoyed them. That different atmosphere. I've never thought about an ultra abroad. I've never thought about that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out anything, you know. So, yeah, my oh, doors oh. always open. Cool. Right. Next question is. Dead or alive, who would you most like to get out for a run in the trails with? I'd be the dead guy, so I'll go with him. Uh, no, mine's with, first thing that comes to mind with me is Paul Giblin. Paul Giblin's the reason that I knew, heard about ultra running. Never, I'd never heard of ultra running before. Read a couple of blogs written by Paul. Um, but Paul would, Paul would be the guy. I know, you know what? I know it's it's a bit of a dream question. It's probably never going to happen because Paul operates at a different level than than where I am. But I just think I'd like to, I'd love to spend some time in his company. I think he's a very grounded guy. I love what he does on the podcast with him and James. I admire what he's achieved in running, and I think he would be the person that I would I would choose to spend some time with on a trail. You should come to. Um... The next pilot experience, if you can. You I would. Some time with Paul. Pilot coaches, actually. I tough thing over my imposter syndrome before I thought about that, Bob. <laughs> if I'm honest. Don't be silly. It's absolutely yeah. open to everybody. That's uh, yeah. one the, that's one of the good things about what Paul and his team have, have set up is that openness and that community, pretty much like a subset of the ultra running community, really. So. Yeah, right. you know, keep your eye out for it. I will do. Good uh, if they need some stand-up comedians for their nighttime entertainment, then they should they look much further than John. Well, I've got James Stewart. I've got him and Graham Connolly, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> aye, right enough. You've got, aye, well, they need a warm-up act. <laughs> uh, okay, Stephen, over to you. about yourself? Do you know what I thought about this one and, and pinning it down to one person um, was difficult. But do you know what's happened during the lifetime of this podcast is that we've, you know, we've had, we've met, we've got to meet tons of awesome people. And part of my um, wishes at some point is, is to go out running with, with those folk at some point. Because do you know when you're running and it's like therapy or it's like, do you know, you, and, and you're chatting to somebody and, your your mind seems to go into a different place, and you're blethering about stuff. You'll you'll know, hopefully know what I mean. Do you know it's like a, 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 a counselling session? I don't know that there's a certain um, 
vulnerability to your brain when you're running and running with somebody that is is really nice do you know it's it's it, um you're exposed a wee bit i don't know and yeah. and because of that you, you, tend you, to hear, you do you definitely do but there's some people there's lots of people we've had in the podcast who are total inspirations for me and being able to get to to know like you know when when grant was on and then he was on right once once the the grant mcdonald once you can come up and i'll give you a tourist route uh, all the hills around me probably i'm like it's like a young hearts run three day out (laughs) don't know sign up here entry free entry free well couple of pies and a bag of crisps <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'll know i'll know pinpoint it on one person but jim walmsley <laughs> oh i've got to say about that the bucket oh, hat thing man that was me just bringing it in john <laughs> i was i was on saturday i was wearing this bucket hat thing that was dipping in the water once i got myself out the water and wearing it and there was a few comments about bucket hats and the Jim Walms will look and I say, well, no, no, no. I've, I did that first. Your man, Jim Walms, comes in and starts liking the posts. I'm like, ah, that'll do me. There you go. Unbelievable. I don't even know how Jim got the post. Like, because you hadn't tagged him in it. You had, it's like, it looks like he was following you. I think one of the listeners, well, fair play to him. I think one of the listeners for this podcast tagged Jim Walmsley in it at some ah, point right. and they got in the thread. Got and he's yeah. come in, he's come in and liked it, so... That's the kind of great stories of social media, those kind of things, isn't it? When you get some kind of superstar of the ultra running world. Aye. You know, Jim, your thread. Jim Walmley's <laughs> PR team. <laughs> I must admit, though, his 40 at Western States coming down that finish line, opposed to mine at Kent near, there's not much in it, really, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I, I digressed there, sorry. So, right. so I'm going to have a couple of more questions. What, what place would you like to visit in the world that you haven't already? We were, my wife and I were due to go to South Africa on holiday the year uh, 2020, it must have been. Whatever year COVID hit, 2020, we were due to go to South Africa that year and it got obviously cancelled. So that was going to be her dream trip to go on safari and we were going to go South Africa, and then we were going to go to Mauritius for ten days afterwards. So that would be that would be my, you know what? Because she puts up with a lot of stuff that, and, and goes about places that she wouldn't really want to go, but she goes because I want to. So that would be her time. That that would be my place in the world. I'd want to go and spend time with my wife. So, yeah. yeah, South Africa is pretty special. Yeah, yeah, place. Stephen. Yeah, um, I'm thinking New Zealand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just a bit of everything there, um, and a bit of hills, a bit of high terrain, and New Zealand. Where we stop over in Japan on the way, because mm. that place intrigues me something awful. Oh, I'm sitting watching the Olympics just now, and I'm the same. I've always wanted to visit Japan, but this is making me want to go even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, it does that, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Although I asked the question on Twitter this week, why is the ultra? running or trail running at the Olympics? Good question. Good debate, but no one for the night. Or cross country at the Winter Olympics, something like that. Yeah. Right, my last one here is actually going to be about running, unfortunately. What's your favourite bit of kit? There you go. And sadly, mine's my bucket hat. 
<laughs> if I'm honest, because it really it, it helped me manage my, my temperature and kept me cool. But I think the, the one thing, and Stephen's commented on this before on other episodes, is that but the, the one thing that I feel attached to is a handheld bottle. I know I've, tr- I've tried soft flasks, I've tried all that sort of stuff, but I, I don't know if it's like a, a conditioning thing or if it's just a sort of a, an attachment thing, but I really like to have a, a handheld. I've had the same wee, what do you call it? The glove, the thing the bottle goes into. What do you call that? It's a wee elasticated yeah. thing. Sleeve, sleeve, thank you. Thank you, Bob. But I've had, the, I've had the same one of them for the past six or seven years, and it just feels really, really natural. Um, I've changed all my other kit, everything else, top, shorts, um, everything else, but I've always had that handheld, so that, that would be my favourite bit of kit. Nice. Good. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite? Mine's, mine's just really simple. Um, it's, it's, it's a buff. But not just any old buff, and I spoke to John about this. A really, really cheap buff right. that hasn't got much elastic ability to it, so that when you put it around your head, it doesn't can doesn't feel it constricts your your wow. head, um, and it sl- can slip over your ears. Easy to keep the um, the wireless headphones in for listening to replays of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't know we should have one on Saturday actually. I was wondering why with the heat, but you just yeah. don't you, your earphones in. I, I didn't have earphones in. I didn't yeah. have earphones in. It's familiarity. It's familiarity. What, what, what he said to me was, I like a cheap, shitey buff. Can the kind that you give me, John? <laughs> 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 a cheap buff. That's that. But I do, I'm a bit of a, yeah, I, I, I ran with three buffs I noticed on and Saturday. Maybe that was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I had one on each wrist and one on my my bonds, and and that's quite a normal look for me. I must have about fifty buffs. I've got a Montane Lakeland buff that is still in its wrapper. Right, you can take that one out next year. Once you get Aye, yeah, I'll give it to John, so he's got a double. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> I sometimes you don't you in. Right, uh, so. Anybody who listens to this show will realise that there are certain phrases and names and things like that that come up every single time. And I think we've got to keep the tradition going. And Active Group's already been mentioned a number of times because they are mentioned every episode. We've got a new one, which is Top Out Brewery. And I'm going to do that because Michael's my neighbour. I don't want any grief from him. <laughs> and the, the, only other, the only other ones I'm going to say, I'm going to bring a sentence into it, is that I had an email this week from Adrian Stott. Yeah, and it was nothing to do with the North Inch Park. There we go. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. Your bingo card is complete. Yeah, that's it. Ah, that's a running joke. Aye. Uh, (laughs) The the last thing I've got to ask you guys uh, tonight is local dialect words for the dialect dictionary. I hope you've been having your thinking caps on for that one. I have, and I'm. It's having. Right, I'm, I would like to go first because Stephen recently had a, a bash at this during his Stephen's Why episode. Right. Should have put a couple in that night. So I'm going to go, and I've been accused of saying Ken quite a bit at the end of my sentences. And certainly, I'm not sure if it's a Perth thing or an East Coast thing, but you get people say, who's this Ken that you're speaking about? But it's Ken what I mean, as in 
No. You, you, you know what I mean. And Stephen's wife, well, all Stephen's wife also knows when Stephen's been spending a bit of time with me, when he ends every sentence with the word man. All right, man. <laughs> so, but I'm going to go with Ken. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny uh, from South Lanarkshire that uh, we were the only, I think we were the only town in South Lanarkshire that used Ken as well. Is that and right? It was quite close to the Lothian border between that and South Lanarkshire, but Ken was used by my grandparents in that. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. I wonder where the invisible line is for Ken to be like a <laughs> point uh, of scene. Wow, are you fatty side. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got. You used a good one earlier on, actually, John. Mock it. Okay. <laughs> Mock it. That is nothing to do with your Moz kit. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Mock it has been clarty, dirty. <laughs> Not in that sense. Clarty's <laughs> <laughs> uh, another end. Uh, Clarty is another end. But yeah, Mocket was a good one. My one for tonight, though, is something that I did earn at the weekend. And I maybe didn't earn a medal, but I did earn a really good berry tan. Oh, very, very good. Very. A berry tan. Okay. Berry. A berry tan. So that's the type of tan that you used to get when you were picking berries in the field. Near Blair Gowrie and stuff. So, um, a berry tan. Berry tan. Consider berry tan, Ken, and mock it. They're uh, <laughs> in. In the local dialect dictionary. Perfect, man. Brilliant. That's going to be some volume that from the time we're done, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, for me, um, it's been a blast. Um, I have to thank you both for asking me to come along and. Uh, do the sort of hosting part for a wee change. Um, it's been great. Um, you guys have done brilliant in, in each of the ways that, that turned out for you both. I think you've uh, both learned stuff and um, it's been great hearing about it and understanding the good and the bad. So thanks very much. Brilliant. Thank you, Bob, for coming on and again to do this. And uh, You know what? It started off, it felt a wee bit weird, but it's felt really natural the way you've guided us through this so thank you very much and I hope we can get you back on to tell us about your next endeavour um, in the in the near future too so thank you very much no problem yeah no thank you Bob for um, giving up um, quite a lot of your time so we really appreciate <laughs> it and I was saying to John um, last week actually that when we first started in our, our run running ultra running journey i was 2015 that i did my first ultra i think it was 2016 that the anglo-celtic plate was first on the north inch in perth and that's when we kind of first came across yourself and and we looked at you in in awe and you and james and stuff like that going oh man and yet now we're sitting chewing the fat with you and we're okay we're not on a level with you in terms of a running ability or anything like that but just just being able to have you interview us it's 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 really really special so thanks very much for giving up your time it's very nice of you to say but i just go down the whole route of we're all just humans at the end of the day yeah that's it I, take certain types of humans and 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 yeah it's, it's good and you've, you've kind of lifted the lid warts and all there you've got you've got it all so that was a bit of a counseling session for me too so thank you <laughs> how much was it <laughs> <laughs> what should we do yeah? <laughs>
What is that next event that you're going to be doing, Bob? What is that? So we should have asked that. Uh, so in um, three weeks on Saturday, um, I will be taking part in the annual Anglo-Celtic Plate, yeah. uh, British 100k Championships, and also the Irish 100k Championships because it's in Dublin, or just outside Dublin. We spoke recently with Kyle Grant, and he was talking, telling us about it. We never realised it's around a, uh, a motor racing track. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Park. So that's in three weeks' time. Um, Saturday, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Quite she's far. going to, she's going to be pissed off at this, but I'm going to give her a shout out anyway. I know you recently ran with Ali McGill, who did a FKT on the Union Canal, yeah. As well, Ali's also going to be in that team, isn't she? She's going to be doing that as well. So, um, when she's listening to this, she'll be furiously texting me, going, "You're a dick." But <laughs> well done, and well, well done to you and Adrian Stott, who was there that day as well. So there we go. We've, we've yeah. Ali, Ali had a great run that day. Um, she's so strong. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Ali and the rest of the team, especially the first timers, um, get on because they're super, super strong teams. Uh, probably the strongest Scotland teams I've been in. And in fact, I'm, I'm kind of worried that I'm probably the last counter. So but it's that strong. So it should be good fun. Well, that's very exciting as well. And as I say, it'd be great, great for you to come back on. If you would come back on and speak about that, um, and we'll hear all about it, how it how it works out. So, but very best of luck. And again, thank you very much for the evening. It's been brilliant. No problem at all. Thank you. Bye.